0: so yeah let's uh get this show on the road welcome everybody this is gonna be the first of hopefully many episodes of this new show that i am uh co-creating with my brother here called hindsight go ahead and introduce okay. yourself uh hi i'm bryce i don't really have any
1: social media so i can't like plug any of that <laughs> but yeah, that's okay
0: you know well, we, we just want them to stay here we don't need them to go and click links and go to other other various places you know this is this is the the home of this podcast and I hope you all enjoy this episode because I think conceptually it's something that um, I think doesn't quite you know have a, a market that's tapped into yet you know um, this podcast is heavily uh, inspired by a podcast I watch from uh, Colin Moriarty his podcast Knockback and um, basically it's him and his brother and they reminisce and talk about you know whatever they want to talk about uh, whether it be you know the good old days or a movie, video game, whatever it is that they used to play or just want to talk about that day. But this one is a bit different because I'm obviously a lot younger than Colin is. I mean, you know, they're in their uh, 40s and one of them is 50 years old, actually. So um, they have a bit more of an older perspective and the things they talk about is uh, not quite the same as what me and my brother here will be talking about. So um, for those of you are watching this, you've probably seen the other videos I post on this channel. Think of this as a longer form version of those types of videos. So we're going to talk about various things uh, in the coming weeks and months, and however long this thing goes, hopefully forever. I don't know. Who knows? Today's episode is going to be about adulting in general. Um, reason why I wanted to bring this topic up specifically is because I'm 25. You're 21 now, and you know I, I I feel like even though our ages reflect it, I feel like we don't really have many adult conversations. And granted, I think that's just because me and you are very young at heart in a lot of ways uh, compared to a lot of other people. But I think this generation in general is like this. Um, I was uh, listening to a video not too long ago, and they were explaining uh, how the older generations of yesteryear or whatever like people who are in their like 70s and 80s right now um you can tell that the way life was back then that growing up wasn't a it it was it was more so a mindset right like when you reached a certain age you just immediately expel all of the things that you like and the things that you enjoy to do uh, and you sacrifice those things for the sake of, you know, starting a family, uh, getting a house and the, things of that nature. And I mean, that was just the thing that you did, right? Like there was no, there was nothing to ever challenge that ideology or those mindsets, because I mean, that was, that was just the old way of thinking. Like there were no, I guess, fun jobs that you could necessarily do to keep that you know, youth in you, I mean, it's like, oh, I'm gonna go work in the coal mine, you know, that that was the thing you did back then. Um, So I find it very interesting, because I I look at people our age, in our demographic, our group, and I just really wonder, like, what type of adults that uh, will eventually become when we're in our 40s and 50s and things of that nature, because I don't necessarily see, you know, me ever ending up in that way i feel like uh we're we're all gonna age pretty crazy i I feel like we're gonna be you know uh in senior homes in our 60s looking at skeet memes of uh jimmy neutron and shit and laughing our asses off and i think that's like (laughs) speaks to the unhinged nature of the the way society is evolving um but yeah what, what do you think about that specifically well i definitely agree that
1: it's like um the way that like for example our parents or even their parents like used to view the world and the way they grew up is definitely like a way of thinking that i i feel like is like almost completely gone just because back then a lot of these more abstract or things these more abstract like ways of expressing yourself like all these different art forms and like for example writing you know in the traditional sense art filmmaking all these different things weren't seen as particularly viable and that's why there's even to this day that stigma of oh what are you gonna do with an art degree uh but even as we were growing up uh with things like youtube and all these other things you know getting popular and then finding out that you can make money through it you know down the line it's like this generation and i feel like every generation after is going to find or be a lot more open and uh accepting of a lot of these more like uh hanging on to your uh, inner child or expressing expressiveness, just because there's so many ways you can make money nowadays while still being yourself. Like all these influencers and and TikTokers and YouTubers and everybody, they all have these outlets where they can constantly express themselves and they never feel the need to change or conform for whatever reason. To oh, well, I can't do that because we're in, you know, like we're at work or we're here. Because like yeah, sure you can keep yourself to yourself at work, but you have that outlet, and I feel like a lot of the generations prior didn't have that, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. I, I find that super interesting just cause I feel like we live specifically in a very interesting time. Uh, I feel like everything is changing so fast, almost on a daily day-to-day basis to the point where I have no idea where, what two years from now, let alone, you know, 10 looks like, you know, compared to what we're the day we're living in now. Um, so bouncing off of that, oh. Uh, we're mainly going to be talking about grown-up conversations because we just don't talk about stuff like this. You know, normally whenever I uh, get to see you or hang out, we talk about movies, games, like pop culture or whatever. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's just kind of what you talk about. But I think it'd be interesting if we <clears throat> sort of talk about, uh, I guess, whatever the, the ongoings of what's happening in each other's lives in terms of just... How are we surviving? <laughs> how are we struggling? Yeah. Uh, I've been down this rabbit hole like these last few weeks uh, of like, like I never saw myself as someone that would ever care or pay attention to uh, a lot of pol- po- politics and stuff like that when it comes to the economy and all this stuff. Yeah, but, I still don't. Yeah, well, I, like even if you you don't, you definitely feel it because I, I I know you feel how. Horrible it is to pay for like how prices are going up of everything. Like, oh, yeah, most, definitely I, don't most know, definitely. I mean, like when you go to the grocery store, it is absurd how much money I spend to get groceries compared to what it was not even three years ago. Um, like I before I would go and I would, you know, get enough because I'm, I'm shopping just for me, you know, and I would, I would just get you know the stuff I need, and it would be about $50 give or take. Now it's like I'm like getting half of what I would used to get. And it's like running me like eighty to ninety dollars. And that's me like trying to be conservative with what I get, you know? If I really wanted to get what I get, I'm spending easily like a hundred and hundred and twenty dollars of groceries or whatever to last me like two two to three weeks or whatever. So that stuff's crazy. is it's, it's really annoying. But see, I just want to talk about money struggles, college. <laughs> building relationships roadmap oh yeah the fun stuff fun stuff (laughs) exactly exactly uh and the reason why i chose this topic for this to be the first episode just because it's a very uh tone setter of like the casual nature of the show um the almost directionless freedom like you know if we end up tangenting on other things that's cool that's fine um but it also sets as a really good way for anyone who just clicks on this to i guess get a, a general vibe of the type of people they're listening to because uh, they may know who i am but they don't, they don't know anything about you so like yeah you, no, you no, gotta got got really sell yourself here man just, you're the co-host so this is like this is really relying <laughs> on you i don't know oh boy we're
1: talking about adulting and, and all this other stuff that's super stressful and then you just by the way really sell yourself <laughs> no yeah. pressure no
0: pressure I want to ask you, because I don't think I've asked you this, um, because you're 21 now, but have you, like, actually, like, went out and, and drank at all? Have you done no, that?
1: No, I, um, I actually, I, because I have no real interest in drinking, smoking, anything like that, but I, uh, for, because, you know, my birthday falls, like, really close to Father's Day, so me, uh, dad, and, you know, our sister, we all went out, and we were at, uh, this, this one grill place, and, uh, I drove. And so dad orders uh, a drink, and I was like, "Oh, dad, if you want, you know, we can, you know, we can share a drink or whatever, you know, because I don't plan on drinking." But I was like, "You know, dude, just just one time, like a father son thing, you know." Uh, and he looks me dead in my eyes, and he goes, "Have you ever had anything to drink before?" And I go, "No." And he goes, "Don't drink anything here. This sake, it'll it'll mess you up, and you're the one driving." So and I was like, "Oh, well, okay." <laughs> so. That was my one one chance to Well, not one chance but I was like the one time I was like open to to really that. drinking something, yeah, yeah but sure. i mean i don't I'm not against it per se i just I don't have any interest towards it, you know, it's like, I'm not going to judge you or look at you differently for doing it, but I have no
0: okay uh, that's a you know, kind of desire something to I was curious about um um it's it's funny how different yet the same we are i I also haven't dabbled 'cause uh i uh don't really, see. I, I'm more of the, my logical thinking brain is, oh, this is bad for me and my body, and I care about my body, and I don't want to damage my body, so why would I do it? And I understand the the reasons why people do it, because, you know, obviously that line of thinking is a bit backwards, because you could say oh, it's hypocritical, you know, people eat junk food, junk food's bad for you, you know, things of like that nature. And I I would say, yeah, there is a bit of hypocrisy in that line of thinking for sure but i think uh when you've been you know told all your life this is bad this is bad this is bad um junk food you're eased into when you're younger they bro, parents don't care they let you eat junk food like no other like it's, it's it's almost like a a rite of passage like when you're just gonna eat shit food that's, that's just gonna happen yeah um, I, I remember
1: eating bowls of cookie crisp, and that, that's what's horrible <laughs> right <laughs> cookie crisp is
0: terrible so, cereal At that point, I just feign ignorance, you know? I'm just like, well, I was just a dumb kid, and they made me, or not made me, but they they allowed me to consume these bad things, right? So Mm -hmm. that's not my fault. I'm already hooked on it, right? But there's probably a world where I was raised not to eat all that stuff and eat healthy, and then now I'm a person that doesn't eat any junk food because, you know, I'm now super health-conscious about it it. So that's how it works, I feel. I feel like now that you put it into my own hands of, like, you know drinking uh alcohol it's like well i've never done it before so if if i were to do it it would be 100% on me and, and my logical thinking brain is like no we're not even going to touch that you know that's that's not how it works but the the reason why i see the different as well is cuz um i had a very similar scenario when i when i turned 21 um, my dad was offering like actively offering to uh to drink and i was like nah <laughs> so Don't you? yeah i wasn't even necessarily open to it at all um not even just because like wasn't a bonding thing. It was just like a nah, I'm good. Like yeah, it's so, not not your cup of tea. Right, right. The it it, it triumphs over overall uh, the the moral of like nah, I'm 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 locked in. Now I have since changed my mind on a lot of things uh of that nature. Um, I still haven't drank anything, but I I feel like uh in the in the very specific setting with very specific people, I do believe I would be open to doing a bit of it. But that scenario has not happened. Um, so until that happens, it just won't happen. Um, but yeah, uh, surrounded by the right people in the right circumstance, I would be open to doing it. But as of right now, nah, I don't see it happening in the future. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my stance on that. But that, that was interesting. I, I didn't really know for sure uh, if the, what your stance was on that
1: yeah cuz in in my eyes it's it's always been less about like a health thing cuz i mean you know like you said everything everything kills you if you really look into it and i i personally believe in a healthy balance of everything right so people say oh you know uh, if you eat too much junk food that kills you and it's like yeah sure if you have too much sugar too much carbs too much you know whatever yeah that that is bad for you but on the opposite side of that if you never have any you know of these things that's also bad you know so it's like if you like, for people who only eat vegetables, they don't eat meat. They don't eat, you know, a lot of these like uh, they only have like natural sugars, things like that. They have to actively either like take supplements or have like a very unique diet. Because sure, you can get like uh, vitamins and stuff from like a uh, from like meat, and, like all the protein, all the stuff from like other stuff. But you have to eat way you know bigger amounts of those things. And, you know, you have to do all these. Like, you have to bend over backwards to avoid doing it. So I feel like when it comes to anything, it's all about like a healthy like a uh, middle.
0: Yeah, there's a balance Uh, to it.
1: Yeah. But the thing that's kept me from alcohol specifically, uh, you know, aside from just, no, not really for me, is it feels like um, an escape. And for a lot of people, that is what it is. Other people, it might be something different. But uh, this this is going to sound a little bad now that I've phrased it like this. But for me, I already have an escape, which is like uh, video games like books, which Mm -hmm. it's like, why would I drink and possibly say or do things that I wouldn't normally do in like a, a sober mindset and possibly affect relationships, you know, negatively when I could just, you know, play a video game yes. <laughs> or that's, watch a movie or read a book.
0: That's a good point. Um, cause that's also a big fear of mine too, um, that, uh, comes with that. The idea of drinking is I have a, I'm like a control freak when it comes to my actions and the way I present myself. So just the idea of being in a state of conscience, that's not fully in control. And I may do something that I may regret that like things that even though I don't know, you know, truly how it would affect me. The thought of that really really freaks me out. And I don't, I don't like that at all. Um, just, uh, when I was getting my, uh, like I this this is actually like a super subconscious deep fear because this has like been a thing. So I have a fear of like NyQuil, which is crazy. But like NyQuil is terrifying because it like literally knocks you out. Like you 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 feel like when I used to take NyQuil, you would uh, take it and then um obviously it's different if you take it like before bed, then it's different. But I was taking it like you know, in the middle of the day, so I wasn't really tired. Um, so I would—I I don't know why I didn't take the dayquil. Don't ask me that. But I was taking quill for whatever reason. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember the circumstance, but it, it freaked me out because I was—I took it and I was acting like it was a normal day. I was—I was just being awake like normal, and then I'm literally like, you feel your bodily functions start to slow down in an unnatural way. It's like, you have no control. It's almost like your body's just giving out. And, um, I remember this vividly, but I was like, I was laying down watching something or whatever on my phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, just in the midst of it, like I literally feel my, like my actual brain just shutting off. And it was terrifying because it, it felt like I didn't know what the hell was happening. And then like, my body just literally like passes out. Like I, like it was, it, it was like, I've never passed out before. So I don't know if like, this is the equivalent of like normally passing out, but it, it was literally like you're, you're conscious the whole time. Like you, you're literally feeling the body go like, and you just like, Oh shit. And you're like, where did I go? Windows. Yeah. And then when you wake up, you're, you're literally like, what the hell happened? <laughs> like what actually, where did I go? Like, it's, it's, it's actually terrifying. So, uh, when I went to get my, wisdom teeth uh removed it was a very similar um scenario because uh when i went they said they were going to give me the stuff that would uh put me to sleep but then they were like uh oh, actually we don't have that and i was like, oh okay and then you know i went in they put this numbing thing in uh in my mouth or whatever mm-hmm. and then i was getting this very like like weird, I don't know if this is just being high. I don't know what the hell it was, but um, I had uh, earbuds in my ear and I was listening to a podcast because I was like, "Well, this will make the day go by quicker." But uh, the audio from the podcast like started to like get like uh, distorted, and then it started looping. Like they would say the same word like over and over and over again, and then I in my I'm inside. In my head, I'm freaking out. Like, like I don't know what I looked like, but there was a, a moment where the, the dentist he he was looking at me. He was like, you all right?" <laughs> I was. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I was. Nurses, out. he's about to go postal. <laughs> yeah, I, I was freaking out. So, like, just the thought of like losing control, um, that is a huge fear of mine. I, I do not like it at all. Um, so that that is a, another factor as why uh, the idea of alcohol is very frightening to me which is also why i feel like i wouldn't do it unless i'm in a very specific scenario with a very specific group of people that i trust to you know hold me together (laughs) because i'm a freak out Uh, i Uh, got you yeah
1: um and i'm kind of in a similar boat not like to the extent because i wouldn't describe it as like a fear well i mean it'll kind of be a fear i guess um but it's for me it's like i know what my intrusive thoughts are like like and they're not like inherently violent or anything crazy like that it's not like i'm just walking around like man i really want to kill somebody you know nothing like that but i I know that like those intrusive thoughts you'll have like you know how some people joke around like yeah i'm driving and then just you know if i just turn the wheel or like oh if i just play bumper cars right now like little things like that i know that like if i have one of these random intrusive thoughts like like let's say for example i'm drinking at, or at a party or whatever and everything's you know going fine and i just randomly have intrusive thought like what if i just threw this bottle at somebody like like not even not even really like, hurt them or anything just like like what if i just like try to play catch with somebody but just didn't tell them we were playing catch or like like you know like little things like that make like no it's sense that like time. you know naturally <laughs> like i'm I'm not actually gonna give like any of my actual intrusive thoughts, but like those are just like a few examples, like of just a random thing that could pop in your head that normally you'd have the restraint to. I mean, and, and you know, I don't know. Maybe when you drink, you would have the restraint to because I mean, never done it, so I don't. Like it yeah. could literally just be you drink and man, I just feel a little different. Like it could just be that. Like I'm probably like building it up to be this like big thing if I drink and I become this other person, like a, a Jekyll and Hyde situation. But it's probably more of just. I feel slightly different. (laughs) Until you drink too much and then
0: Yeah, it is one of those things. You just you just won't know until you try it, which is why I haven't written it off completely. Even though there was a time where I definitely did it in my head think like, yeah, I'm never gonna do it. But now I'm like, uh if the scenario presented itself, I would I would try it. But Hmm. yeah, interesting. Let's uh let's talk about uh Let's see. I have some things here. We could do. Let's do college and then uh, roadmaps. Actually, we we could throw building relationships in there too, because I think these things are kind of intertwined in some some aspect. So uh, I know I know your specific uh, situation with college is a bit of a a journey for sure. Um, so no, I want to want to on that um okay. How how is school going for you right now like where, how are you feeling about school it
1: is a mess it's it's a jumbled confusing it's like the best way to describe it it's like uh the only thing i can you know be super familiar with just because of how much i've done it you know growing up playing video games and stuff is imagine playing like a new fighting game or even an old thing it's just a game you've never touched at a super high level and like someone just hands you the controller and is hey figure this out like that's that's what it because like i go for one thing i initially enrolled uh for computer science because you know oh, hey i really like engineering in um in, in high school so yeah that, that was pretty fun let me let me go and see if i can do uh, or not engineering uh programming we took engi- uh, an engineering class and in it we did programming and I was like, I really like programming. I really like, really like video games. I really like writing. Let me get into game development. Uh, and then I started, you know, kind of man. This is, this is a little difficult. You know, it's kind of kind of getting a little tricky. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Let me not just give up. Let me not drop out, drop out, or anything like that. I was like, let me let me give it another semester with uh, computer science. Then I got a different teacher. Everything seemed to click. Like I was doing way better. Then I go for the computer science too, and. Then it's right back to that beginning of, okay, now I'm lost again. What's going on? Uh, and I can actually, I can give you the exact moment I changed my major. And like, I'll never forget this. Uh, I'm in class. We sit down. We're all taking a test on our laptops. I'm going through it. I'm actually feeling pretty confident. You know, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, this has to be right. You know, what else could this be? Oh, yeah, yeah, this is right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going through it. I feel great. I hit submit 20. Oof. So I close my laptop. <laughs> I walk <laughs> out of the room. I call my uh, counselor. I go, hey. This isn't gonna work. Can I uh, can I get my schedule switched? I'm gonna drop so this crazy. class, switch my major. Yeah, no, it, it was. Um, it was also the teacher I had. He he would do this thing, right? So uh, the second strat, the one I felt pretty comfortable with, he would walk us through it in class. We would code in class and sometimes out of class, you know. And you know, it was really like handholdy, right? Uh, but this other professor who I had my first year, my third year, or I guess first semester and third semester rather, not years. Uh, this guy, this is what he would do. You'd come in, and he would just be like, "Hey, uh, program, uh, like write, write a, write a, a statement to describe, or like to have this function." So it'd be like, "Write a statement to uh, output the, like, like you can input two numbers, and it would output the solution if you added or subtracted them." And it was like, "Okay, uh, but this is my first day in, in computer science. How do I do that?" And he was like, "Oh well, uh, just, just try it." And then you try it, you inevitably mess up. And then for the rest of the class, he would teach you teach to do that thing. And then a few other things, but he would grade you on those initial attempts. So you would come in basically guaranteed to get a zero every day. And then, yeah. And, and I remember uh, we did a project and this guy just goes, you guys like rock, paper, scissors, right? I was like, uh, kind of. Yeah. And he goes, so for this project, by the end of next week uh, or by the end of this week, you guys are going to program essentially uh, rock paper scissors. He called it uh, a Pinsey, I think, and it was a five-way game of rock paper scissors where it was like zombie, robot, ape, uh, something else, and something else, and you had to program it that way. It was two players that could input any one of those five things and had to output the correct response given that combination of things. And it was like, you do know that, like, this is like our fourth week, man. <laughs> and he just goes, "Yeah, man, no, 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 do it." And, I mean. I I managed to get it done uh, with the help of, like, a few other um, people in the class. It wasn't, like, a group project, rather. It was, like, a personal project for each of us. Right. I mean, and it can be rewarding. But for me, that is how college has been, like, a bit of a mess. I'm trying to, like, still find uh, my way, I suppose. But I know for you, you've been doing film. So how's that been?
0: Yeah. um, it's, It's, I mean, I'm finally, like approaching the finish line. So I'm finally in a place where I'm like, wow, it's, it's finally about to be over. But, uh, yeah, my, my, there was definitely bumps around, you know, what I had to do too. Cause I, I feel like college is definitely not built to help you succeed. They want you to stay there as long as possible. They really do. Um, your academic advisor, um, they will not, they will gladly accept your schedule with, and and they will see and know that there are classes on the schedule that don't go towards your major, but they will say nothing. They will feign ignorance to it. Um, and this has happened, um, in my first couple years and I, I didn't realize it until, you know, later when I actually was, uh, you know, given the opportunity to actually see like the you know, all of the, the classes that I did take that did just didn't count. So, uh, because of that, there are a good, like eight or eight or nine credits or something like that, that I just, for classes I took that were like, didn't really go to anything. Um, which kind of sucks because if they did, if they were the right classes, I would be done already. Now you could definitely argue that like, you know, I should have just paid more attention to, X or Y, but the fact of the matter is I did go to, to my advisor and I said, Hey, you know, are these classes okay? Is this a good schedule for, you know, my, uh, my stuff? And then she was like, yeah, this is a good schedule. Um, only later to realize that, uh, no, those, some of those classes were just not needed. Um, so granted, you know, the classes that weren't needed were the, you know, meaningless experiences you could argue and say you know they were worthwhile but when you take into account that you're paying for all this stuff uh that is pretty manipulative and pretty uncool to do um so there was a there was a demotivating point uh about a year or two ago when i like realized that and i was like oh my god you can tell me i wasted all this time and this money on when i could have been done you know uh almost a year earlier but then i was like you know what I'm like literally like seventy five percent through at the time, and I was like, I, I I just might as well finish. So finally, I'm at the finish line, I'm about to finish. Uh, do I feel like having this paper is like the crowning achievement of like, yes, I finally made it? Uh, well, that depends on you know what job opportunities are, are waiting for me because uh, the the way uh, the economy and society is structured right now. If you don't go to college, you are pretty much bound to a minimum wage or slightly above minimum wage-esque low tier like job. Um, And I've worked enough of those to know that I do not want that to be my only option. So I feel like, you know, finishing the degree is a must at this point. Um, But um, this definitely goes into the uh, other topic of uh, having a roadmap um to get more specific why i put jotted this down is because i don't think i've told you specifically yet i think you're still uh last time i i guess divulged these uh plans with you it was me going to california that has since changed a while Mm -hmm. ago um for a multitude of reasons uh for one you i you recall i think i told you um i was gonna go and move in with angelo because he lives out there um Angelo, he he has a he has a, a lady friend, a girlfriend that he's been very close uh, with recently. So um, they're planning on moving in together. So I'm not even gonna, you know, make intrude him. on that. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna intrude. In that. I respect, I respect my friend. I'm not gonna, you know, say whoa, but you, what you said. You let. Me. No, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> and the thing is, there was always issues with going to California in the first place because, uh, you know, we would look at uh, places to stay. Um, frequently and we would see the cost of living is brutal it is you know the cost of living out there's ridiculous i think it's only matched by new york maybe beaten by new york um so yeah we were looking at it for a while and it seemed possible under the condition that it was going to be me him and he had these two other friends that also were looking to go all in on a place so it would have been four of us sharing a place and paying monthly to stay there that was manageable just from looking at it, I was like, okay, this is doable. We can actually make this work. This is something that can happen, but you know, things change, people, you know, go on different trajectories and whatnot. And uh, as time went on, LA just became more and more less likely of an option because of money being the biggest constraint. Um, Because the fact of the matter is I could very well move out there and live out there, but would I be happy? Probably not, because I'd be struggling to survive. Paycheck to paycheck like on the verge of of uh, failure <laughs> like uh, i don't I don't want to live like that that's horrible no no one wants to live like that um and even in general where we're at now uh it also really sucks like you know everything is expensive like unless you move to the midwest or something like the 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 entire u s is like going through an economic like insanity (laughs) like like yeah just just wanting to move out is like it's it's damn near impossible for for people around our age so here's what's been the plan as of since March of this year I want to say yeah since as of March so I did a video about this um on this channel a few months back so you're welcome to take a look at that if you want to later after this if you want to hear more details but I'm gonna give you the 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 short version because people that are watching this probably have already seen that video but uh, essentially as you know and as you've probably noticed I've been taking up learning Japanese very seriously um, I think I've been at it for literally almost a year uh, like yeah literally almost a year now I think in two months it'll be a year since uh, me learning uh, but I've I've become pretty proficient in a lot of ways obviously got a long way to go but the reason being Mm -hmm. is in March of this year, um, I was going down a rabbit hole where I was looking at, you know, places or options for things like to do when you graduate in terms of like, just easy jobs to obtain, right? Like, okay, on the off chance, you know, that it's damn near impossible to use this film degree to get a job in the film industry. What can you do with just a bachelor's in general? Like, what can that get you, right? So Mm -hmm. I was looking into this. And one of the easiest jobs apparently to get um, is uh, a teaching job. You could teach uh, English abroad. And um, if you all you need is a bachelor's, you don't need any experience teaching. You don't need any teaching degree. You just need a bachelor's in anything. And um, these jobs are very attainable and very easy to, to get. So, uh, when I found out about that, I started doing some digging, and there's this program. It's called the the Jet Program, and uh, essentially, you uh, you apply. The applications are just now opening up now. So I actually just recently applied, uh, but basically, you apply, and you uh, if you're selected, they fly you out abroad, and you get to take a salary job which is pretty nice salary job Mm -hmm. um and it's it's under contract so they'll contract you for a year and if you like it you can stay for more years um and you basically just go abroad and teach english now you're not the primary teacher which is relieving to me you're the assistant teacher so the the weight of uh i guess responsibility isn't super high you know like it's so, like, okay, cool. So I, it's still an introductory level type of position. It's not like we, we want you to know the, the entire lexicon of the English language and, you know, whatever. And most mostly you'll be teaching in elementary or middle schools. Um, only the, I guess, the really, like, you know, professional, like people that have been doing it for a while, they get to teach like high school level. Um, so you're going to be working with fairly young kids. But the cool thing about the opportunity is not only do you get – You know your transportation for free. They fly you out. Um, They give you the work visa. They set you up with a place to stay, Um, and they also pay for your transportation to and from to work, which is pretty sweet. Um, It's not really much risk there. I mean, uh, and I was looking at you know the cost of living in certain prefectures in Japan, and oh my goodness, it is amazing. It, it, It is it is quite possibly the opposite of here in terms of. Uh, reliability, I guess. Like, you know, you go there and um, I'm in this uh, Discord server with a bunch of people that recently got into the program and they flew out this July. So they just got there. There are some people in there that are paying literally under $200 for rent where they are living. It is amazing. Um, so the cost of living is is very, very nice, um, depending on, you know, the place that they put you, obviously. But on average, most of the places are Very, very reasonable for living. Uh, And biggest plus of all is I've I've always wanted to go to Japan. So this is like a win-win for me personally. Um, So I've been basically over the last like eight to 10 months, I've been putting effort into ensuring that I meet any like possible, you know, uh, credentials that could amp my potential of getting into this program. So, you know, learn, trying to learn the language, putting substantial time into that. Um, over the summer, I got my TEFL, which is basically a certificate saying that, you know, you've passed this class. Now you are certified to teach English, which I, that was definitely a, a great help and bonus. So I, I've, I've pretty much like been working towards that super hard um, because I want to hopefully get in this program. And as soon as I graduate, get to do that, because I think that will for one be an amazing experience just because I would love to live somewhere new in general and japan is just amazing i i am so infatuated with the culture and the people and everything and it's it's like living here probably won't disclose where we live but you know living where we live uh there ain't shit to do here that interests in me personally. I mean, there's there's like some things from time to time, but oh, this is nice. I'll, I'll go check this out or go do this or whatever. But I have no desire to ever leave my room where, I, where we live. I have no desire to ever like go out and explore shit. If I lived out there, I would literally, I would be the opposite of who I am. I would literally be outside all the time and just exploring and finding new things, meeting new people, things of that nature. So uh, it's it would be a transformative experience to you know be able to do this so that's kind of where i'm at now with things so um, hopefully i get in, and hopefully things go great that'd be nice so that's my roadmap in terms of my current plan but you know roadmaps shift they change things happen that you probably didn't expect or that could put you on a different path so um first i want to obviously get your reaction to that because i know you didn't know that but then also you know where do you what, what do you think you know is your current roadmap like of where you want to go you know with your uh current plans post-college or in the middle of college whatever it may be you got you got you um
1: so i'm I'm not gonna lie to you both of these answers are going to be fairly short uh, especially in comparison
0: that's fine that's
1: fine. uh but yeah i was gonna say in response to to that because i mean it's it's no secret that i don't like have a chance to keep up with most of your videos. I, I do check out uh, a lot of them. I'll, like at the very least click on them, uh, listen to like the first couple minutes, and then like something will come up. So I oh, I got to run. Go pick this person up, or go do this, go do that. You know that sort of thing. But um, I mean, I, I'm excited for you. I know that's something you're super interested in. It makes a lot of other things kind of you know make a little sense now. But uh, I mean, aside from the typical, you know hey, be careful and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, hey, have fun, dude. you know? That's, it seems like it'd be a, a good fit for you. Yeah,
0: and I want to be that... Uh, I, I like the idea of being the person that can shepherd people to learning more about it because I would love, you know, uh, like a family trip where, like, I'm already living there and I'm like, you guys should just come and I I could just show you all the cool things that I've found after living there for however long time and be able to because by that you know hopefully you know if I'm there obviously I would hope to have learned a good chunk of the language to the point where you know I could easily like help you all you know get around go to place to place and see all the things without having that barrier because you know a big barrier um for people is that language barrier because Japan is it was the longest closed off country um in the world so only fairly recently people have been allowed to migrate there and live there and stuff like that. So it's like, if you go there, you are literally the 1%, less than 1%, like if you're, if you're not from there. Um, so being a foreigner in there is daunting and I, I totally understand that, but I feel like there's so many like amazing, cool things there that like, uh, I wish people would be open to, you know, seeing. So, I would love to just be that outlet, be that person. Like, you know, Darren, he, uh, you know, when he heard about me signing up for this thing, he was like, yeah, I've been trying to get Darren to come here and hang out forever. Cause out of all of people in, in, in our friend group, he is the one that can, like, he actually just can. He has the money, he has the 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 free time. He could just do it, but he doesn't want to do it. Cause he's, he's a hermit and he wants to stay in his house all day. The moment he heard I was doing this thing, he was like, he was like, listen, was like, if you go over there, I'll let you be the guinea pig. But if you go over there, he's like, yeah, I'm coming through. And I was like, i like, man, this Darren, <laughs> Darren is, is, is so, so fake, bro. But, um, <laughs> but, but still, I would welcome it. I would love to have anyone that's interested, that's mildly interested that normally would never take that journey, would never take that trip to who wants to. I'd be like, Hey, I will be the guy. I will be the, the shepherd that would like take you to all the, the cool touristy places or even the low key places that you don't know about. Um, And show your own i think that would be super cool to be. but uh yeah yeah sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but yeah go ahead no no, you're good you're good roadmap um
1: yeah no so uh in terms of roadmap uh this is is gonna sound a little depressing so uh, the few things that i did have planned out uh didn't go as planned so um you know i went to this writing conference in new york uh this year i went out there and the writing conference was not well, so I was hoping to go there to network to, you know, possibly get my foot in the door, become, you know, like maybe do an internship somewhere and then, you know, maybe, you know, get some more writing experience, start writing for, you know, books, games, you know, whatever. And that'd be my thing. Uh, we went out there and it was essentially a bunch of middle aged women telling vaguely inappropriate jokes to an audience of more middle-aged people like th- there's one joke in particular where she was like yeah my you know my husband loves you know hug, we just can't keep his limbs to himself And she goes wait i didn't mean it like that it's like ma'am limbs plural no th- there is no other way to mean that um but yeah no so uh those things like weren't really inherently you know dirty but she was kind of trying to make it for this like really weird joke that wasn't funny to begin with and, like you knew it was bad because uh even um Nana, you know she came with a, uh, uh, you know with me her i guess i went with her more uh more like uh when we went even she was like nudging me going hey you just want to leave like <laughs> i was like yeah let's <laughs> so uh you know i got to experience new york got to meet up with some family there but the whole writing and uh career opportunity i was pursuing didn't really work out um i also tried to join this uh well i ended up joining this one discord uh server for these uh it was this group of people that was going to work on the show and they were like yeah we need storyboard artists blah, blah blah you know all these different roles but then you know the one that stuck it to me writer you know i apply I join uh didn't get it so it's like okay fine you know hey works out or it doesn't work out but you know it is what it is uh then i see insomniac uh, on twitter they recently put out that their internships were open and one of the positions mm-hmm. writing uh, I click on it, and they needed, uh, you know, a resume. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I could, you know, you know have a resume, you know, all this other stuff. But then they said they needed um, a, a, like, an example of like your completed work. Uh, and I don't have anything completed right now, <laughs> aside from a few short stories that I'm not super proud of. So it's like, well, can't do this. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, you're running into uh, the uh, the classic trope of, you know. Oh, I just got out of school and time to apply for these jobs and it's like, oh, well what's your experience? I was like, well how the hell am I supposed to get the experience? Um yeah. that's why I think it's very paramount in a creative field to make as much as you can of like your own stuff on your own time um or just work on you know very small fan things or whatever like like en- enough to have a portfolio. That's why like uh Oftentimes, I'm, I'm, like, so glad I have all the, this backlog of, of videos to where it's, like, even though I never, like, worked a official job, like, a real job that deals with video editing or deals with any product, production of, you know, any level, I could easily direct someone to be, like, well, look at all this. This is all me. You can see the view counts. You can see the thumbnails. You can see, you know and watch the actual content and see like the work that was put in and, and that's like a testament of what I'm capable of in some way. So I, I think it is paramount I, like with writing specifically that is a bit on the harder side to do but I'm sure there are probably a lot of people that are you know um, maybe working on you know fan creations or you know uh, pilots of some sort that maybe may be looking, for people to help write or whatever of that nature. But yeah, joining discord and stuff like that is, is a pretty good idea um, to help find stuff like that. I feel.
1: Yeah. And um, what I actually plan on doing this, this is something I never wanted to do. Cause it, it has like just a bad connotation to it. Like I personally don't have anything against anybody who um, goes out and like, uh, like reads fan works or like fanfics and stuff like that. But it does have that connotation to it, you know, of, Oh, like like when you think of fanfic, the first thing you think of is like cringy, poorly written, uh, very like self-insert. Uh, you know this like it, it doesn't have a good reputation.
0: It doesn't uh, until but... it does. That's that's usually how it goes. Like you look at something like an abridged series, right? Um, yeah. Like certain abridged series take off and become very popular amongst the fans to where it almost becomes its own form of like uh must watch or you know like like people look at the the team four star stuff and it's like yeah. on paper theoretically that yeah that is like some you know fan um fan work of like uh oh i forget the term she literally just said um but you know what i mean like things like that on paper yeah they sound like they have a bad connotation but if it's good you know, yeah, yeah, we'll on. And, yeah, yeah, uh,
1: thing. yeah. I was gonna say, and the the main thing that's been uh keeping me from from creating an account on uh, one of these different websites or anything like that is I don't know if you actually uh, know about this or heard of this, remember anything like that? But there was actually a court case that uh happened because uh this one fan writer she wrote a uh, I think a Twilight fanfic and then published it as its own book. And this other girl goes and says hey that copied my work and so in a courtroom they had to have somebody read out the differences between like werewolf like mating rituals and stuff like that and like that terminology and like that just so seems were two like fan that,
0: works that, yeah yeah two that fan works but other.
1: well uh it was two fan works i think one alleged that they copied the other but uh one of the fan works got popular so she like published it as her own book and then someone else is like, oh, this is just you know mine or whatever. But like you know when you're writing about werewolves and like two stories about werewolves and vampires loving like a female or male so person, like there's gonna yeah there's gonna be some overlap. Like it's like uh, with DC and Marvel, there's overlap between some of the like Sentry and Superman, Superman, or not yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, or like um, you could kind of make the comparison like Batman and Iron Man. They're both like super rich humans. Who use their riches and genius for you know like or even i think the most direct one is uh deadpool and deathstroke or uh, even um spider-man and dc has their own version of like a spider-man type character they call it i think black spider like there's going to be overlap no matter the medium mm-hmm. especially with how long humans have been around like you're never going to make something that's 100 original there's always going to be aspects from something else
0: we well, yeah, I mean, uh, are derivative People can't yeah, spawn is. things in <laughs> out of nothing. Um, everything is coming from something. Every idea that you have, every like literally everything, it, it it is derived from your experiences and the things you've seen or would inspire what you will make and will continue to make. So, yeah, by nature, nothing is ever truly original. Um, but sometimes, you know, if you can take something and execute it you know, at a level that is uh that's just that much better, or that much uh above everything else, um, the originality is not necessarily necessary. Um, the originality is only a thing that is an attention grabber, I, I it seems for me. It's like whenever something is like gains traction due to it being original, it's it's normally just because of that, and then that's what p- gets people in the door, right? And then once they're in Everything else is fairly traditional. It's just done at a very high level, right? Um, you could say, like, the shock factor or something, like The Boys. Um, it's like, what drew people in was how overtly violent it was, how vulgar it was. But then when you actually watch the show, it's more to it. It's more meaty. Like, the, the writing is actually good. Like, the characters and you know the way they act and things of that nature in the world is actually interesting. So it's all about execution on the things that really matter. Um, But the originality is more so just trying to draw people in and do something that, you know, feels different than what's actually out there. Um, And a case in point is The Boys because, you know, you look at the original comic and um, I haven't read it personally, but one of my friends, Louise, he says uh, the original comic kind of sucks. Like, it's not that great. Um, So, you know, you take that world and the characters and you put it in the hands of very talented writers and they can crank out something like that that's actually is popular and good so yeah uh, I have I have super high respect for writers uh like the writing I do is very um commentary in nature and not necessarily storytelling based writing but I do want to um explore that uh because I do want to develop a pilot at some point whenever whenever I have a the money and free time to delve into it, but I have some pretty great ideas for the type of story I want to tell, um, and it's all derivative. I, I think of the story I want to tell, and immediately I, I have like five or six different things that I'm inspired by. That like, yeah, I want to have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, but every little thing with a little twist on it that that you know is different. Um, so yeah, I, I I totally understand that. I feel like especially now with AI and things in that nature, trying to become a writer is one of the hardest aspirations that can exist right now i feel yeah
1: but i mean despite it being difficult like i I still really i really want to do i know like you didn't say that like to deter me i know you're just pointing out a fact and i feel like that's um with most forms of art now like uh you know all over twitter and um i think it was like or a I don't know if it was a big legal issue or just like a big issue in general, but like they were uh, talking, you know, no, it was a legal issue. What are only talking about, they're trying to get laws to limit like AI art and um, just AI in general. Cause like, it's getting to a point now where a bunch of companies are trying to, Oh, well, we don't need to hire anybody anymore. We can just run it through a program and boom, but
0: it's the wild. west right uh,
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, but that brings me actually to uh one of the like you know you're talking about everything being derivative. This brings me to this one um story I'm working on. It's uh we were at work and this buddy of mine who's super big into uh Marvel and DC, uh you know he he came with us to watch movies a couple times. Uh and his he's like above all else, he loves CW. He loves CW's Flash, he loves the arrowverse he loves Crisis and Infinite Earths. And what and on Twitter, I actually uh, well, I mean, I could probably pull it up, but on Twitter, he uh, he does like posters and like um, kind of like edits the best he can with like the, his limited um, resources. He does these like really nice edits and he recommends to me, he's like, oh, you know, it'd be really cool, like uh, a Marvel and DC like crossover. I was like, oh yeah, you know, like uh, they've done that in a few different comics. He's like, yeah, but like, you know, I'd really love to see like a story about that. And initially, I was like, that seems like a very generic idea of, oh, DC and Marvel come together, and then, oh, Batman and blah, blah, blah fight. and Oh, you get to see all these fights. But then, like, I was thinking about it, I was like, actually, that would be a pretty fun challenge of how do I write a story like this and have it be interesting?
0: Okay, I see. When you um, I want to ask, when you, when you write, do you write uh, in the style of uh, literature or do you write screenplay style? like is that Uh, in your in your just toolkit i guess like do you know how to write like a like a film type script or a tv show script yeah i i've
1: um i've i've dabbled with like screenplays and like that and that actually is a little easier for me because i'm I'm gonna like uh, do a lot more reading to like work on how to get dialogue to flow yeah because when you're writing a book or any other piece of media uh at least for me i've I've always struggled with getting the way the page is set up. Right. If this makes sense, like when I do lines of dialogue, I always start to put like indentions. So I'll have like one line on its like own little spot, then maybe like a little more text. And then when someone else talks, I'll do like another line. And then depending on how things go, I'll have it bounce back and forth for a little bit. Um, but finding that like way of getting the page to look nice, and not be like a, you know, a jumble of mess or like a huge block of text uh, to make it easier on the eyes, I've always kind of struggled with.
0: Okay, so let's fast forward, right? Let's say you you graduate, hopefully by, you know, that point you have, you know, a few more completed, like, you know, finished works that you've written. Um, ideally, what type of uh, career path are you, you know, searching for is it is it strictly like novels or would you be you know happy working like a part of a writer's room like you're you know part of a a bigger you know a uh, team that works on some other project that may not be your story or your ideas but you're helping that person you know achieve their vision or uh you know just writing um freelance
1: well Honestly, I'd be all right with any of those like freelance would um, give me, you know, the most freedom, obviously, but it'd be a little less, uh, it, it wouldn't be too great in terms of job security. Uh, I definitely would need to prove myself first before I could, you know, Yeah. but ideally I would want to either write freelance or if I do have to be, you know, part of like a bigger, you know, writer's room or like, you know, a bigger team, I'd like to write for video games or those kinds of stories. I don't think movies would be for me, but i really do like the freedom that um i'm saying i'm a lot <laughs> in terms of you know writing and like how you can build these worlds and like when you really get in depth with it and can craft these you know amazing stories that stand on their own i mean and, and that kind of goes hand in hand though with like cinematography the music and everything, all of everything because all that comes together to make these stories way more impactful like, if you think of one of the most emotional or impactful moments from any you know, show, movie, game, you know, whatever. Part of what makes it so emotional is the music or lack thereof, the composition of the shots, um, and, you know, the actors or, you know, yeah, the acting and all that, all of that comes together to make that beautiful, you know, moment, but part, all that had to be written down at some point, like if you're doing the screenwriting for it. Yeah. So that's why I feel like the writing is, the core of any you know story, even if there's no word spoken, the way things are framed and you know explained through the writing for the people to create it, you know that's what makes it. And so I really like the idea of being able to be that story weaver, so to speak, and like create these things.
0: You know, one of my favorite lines. I mean, you, you'll definitely appreciate this, but in uh, I think it was in God of Ragnarok when uh, Thor is. Uh he like pins him down or whatever and he's like uh he's like he's like but don't he's he's like why? He's like you know what I've done and then Kratos says, but what will you do now? <laughs> that that yeah. line is one of those lines where it's like damn <laughs> that's a thinker right there. Like you know whoever was writing the 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 meme of the the, the quill on fire. Yeah, like that, yeah. that was that right <laughs> they there. They were cooking exactly um, so yeah, I, I, think writing is, is very integral. Um, uh, is I mean, without it, there's, there's nothing, uh, you know, that you could take the most dog shit material and the actors can do everything in their power to, to, to read it off and do it in the most, you know, best way possible. And it'll just fumble because the writing is just not there. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, especially, you know, with the writer strike and all this stuff, you know, finally getting resolved and how topical it is right now. uh, I think we're about to see a huge resurgence in uh, writers and them being, you know, needed in mass, um, thankfully. So, yeah, that was interesting. Little uh, rabbit hole to dive down. Um, I guess to to wrap this thing up, uh, last thing here I have jotted down here is, is building relationships. Now, I did a video on I don't think it was specifically on this topic, but it, it was like oh hmm, it was a month or so ago. But I, so I, again, I know what you talk talking about. about it. Um so in that video I basically like went over understanding like uh the types of relationships because uh this is something I think is very important to becoming an adult in in adulting, as it were, right? Is people don't teach you ever how relationships foster, how to keep them thriving, how to nurture them, how to maintain them, um, and how to deal with them, you know, going away and things of that nature. That's just stuff you're just kind of thrown out to the wolves to figure out, Um, which is something I'm not necessarily fan of, I definitely see, you know, if I were to have a child, I would definitely go about things a lot of things differently in terms of preparing them for the the greater world. But a hundred percent. Post high school, I felt like I literally had uh, no one. Like in terms of uh, as far aside from you know uh, the people people I met online and whatnot, but I, like in person, I, I had like literally no one post high school to really kick it with or hang out with or like. And then and then by you know you you don't realize it until it's too late. Like oh dang, like how do you like make friends in a when you're not in a situation where it's like oh you know, we're friends just because we go to the same school and we see each other every day. That's why we're friends. But in the moment, that doesn't seem like the reason. It just seems like, oh, we're just friends. But then the moment you take school out of the picture and now you don't have to be in this place cohabiting with this person, then that's no longer, you know, it, you, you start to realize, oh, like we were only friends because of this situation. Right. And you'll realize that in a lot of other aspects, you know, you'll work certain jobs where you will work with certain people and uh there'll be people you talk to all the time on the job um and you may even hang out with them outside of the job sometimes from time to time but uh let's say you know you end up leaving the job and you go to a different job um and that person for whatever reason doesn't ever reach out again um then you're put in a situation where it's like okay well do i reach out am i do i have to be the person or am i overstepping does the person not necessarily really want it to go further than that. And that's like a, a, a mental thing. Uh, I was talking to Jonathan and uh, Joey about this a bit ago. Uh, and we went through a long you know conversation because Jonathan, his mindset is very different. Uh, he's of the mind, you know, like, you know, if the person cares, they will call. And that is true. That is true. He, but like he doesn't think about it that way. Right. Like if me and John were to stop talking for like several months unprompted, like there was no event that made that happen um, if I never contact him, he probably just wouldn't contact me. But I have relationships with certain people that are like that. So I do understand both mindsets. But I do feel like, you know, there are situationships where because me and this person are in this this given situation, you know, we want this situation to be better so we talk to each other and the day goes by quicker and thus I have a, a work friend and that's something that's never really taught to you you just kind of figure that out you figure out oh this is a work friend and this is a friend friend and then you know things like that are stuff that you just kind of figure out um, and I, I I really wish that that was something that was you know taught or like in some way broken down to you you know when you're in those formative years and trying to understand social situations and things of that nature. Um, So I wanted to pick your brain on that and where you feel you fall and how, you know, things have gone while you were in high school to post high school to now being in college and work life and things of that nature. Like, how how have you found it uh, to be when trying to build relationships, keep them? What happens when you lose them? Things of that nature. Gotcha. So for me,
1: this is my, my, uh, my experience was a, a little different because uh, I definitely had those situational relationships where it was like conditional, like, you know, like you said, like we're friends because we're in this situation for X amount of time. So, the, Hey, let's make the most of it kind of deal. But because of, you know, the, the environment, like high school and, and middle school, like were and probably still are, they're probably actually worse now, <laughs> but, um, yeah i uh i wasn't the most popular surprise surprise when everyone's it,
0: yeah, like i wasn't uh, just, either, man yeah but i was gonna say when for I example i was i was the lone wolf man i was the guy that, that chilled in the back and i was like you know i don't care about any of these people <laughs>
1: yeah, i was about the same but it was a little different because uh <laughs> i didn't really like play a sport or anything like that so i'm in the back and uh i don't know if this was the same you, you know when you were in school or like you know you were in high school or middle school well, I was in middle school. The big thing that everybody found funny was like moaning people's names, which isn't like I, I doubt it's like a
0: our yeah, school that was, that or this school. A specific. That's just a, that's just a preteen like immature like thing you did.
1: Yeah, but they, they took it to like a new extreme. Like I remember specifically in middle school, uh, these kids all got caught in the same stall. And like I knew one of them, and he had like he was like with his pants down. Everyone doesn't, and they they all swore, oh no no nothing happened. And I talked to them like one on one, what happened? He's like, yeah, I was in there peeing, and they all ran in there. And like, what do you want me to do? I already, <laughs> they <you> know,
0: already <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And I was like, okay, why didn't you lock the stall or have your back? To, like the stalls aren't that big, man. Like come on. But you know, like so when <laughs> school ended, the few people I was friends with, like I could truly say were my friends, like I knew for a fact, like we were friends, we you know still talk to this day. And I was lucky enough uh, at. Uh, when I uh, worked at McDonald's, uh, I met these these two two different dudes who, like, we became like really good friends. Like, um for example, I want to say it was like a few months into us being friends, I was like having uh, some like money trouble with like school and everything. I didn't want to take out a loan or anything like that. And one of my buddies, he just sent me like I think like three hundred bucks. And he was like, "Here, just go ahead, and send it back when you can." Yeah, I know you're good for it, blah blah whatever. And you know, I sent it back, and at the same time. Like whatever they need stuff, you know I do. But and like it's it's one of those things where like we all have that unspoken friendship that everyone wants, where it's not transactional. Like you're not looking at it as oh well, I did this so he's going to do that, you know, like that sort of thing. Right, but you're right. all doing it because you all want to help the other person, you know, like that. in like we we go out to eat and do stuff together. We'll like you know hop on the game, obviously, and like, little things like that. We're going outside of work and outside the house to do things. And so I've I've had a You know, I've been lucky enough to find some good people and, you know, make those, like, I I guess, authentic and, like, true friendships. But I I can definitely see it being hard finding people and, like you said, maintaining and nurturing them and, you know, like you said, you know, how to deal with it when those people inevitably or, you know, not inevitably, but, you know, when that relationship ends, if it ever ends. For sure. Um,
0: And I think uh, we definitely... Uh, are a bit different in that aspect because you're you're definitely the more sociable person um i i I definitely get the the vibe that you're um you come off as more easy to talk to um for a lot of people uh and me personally i have a very very hard time like getting comfortable talking to a a new person right um so for for me it, it always takes a long time like Most of the friends that I'm like now super close with, uh, it wasn't like uh, we hit it off right off the bat, and then we just from there we were just friends. It was a very slow process of like, okay, you know, I'm I'm talking to this person, I'm hearing some things that he likes or or that they like, and I'm like, okay, okay, uh, we might have some things in common. And you know, slowly after several weeks of talking, it's like, okay. (laughs) Now I feel fairly comfortable talking to this guy all the time. Um, so I've always just been like, I guess, very selective with who I choose to to be around or who I, you know, I guess value enough to be like, yeah, I, I definitely want to, you know, be a part of this person's friend group or whatever, uh, that nature. Um, so that's definitely like held me back in some aspects. Like it took me a while to find my people for real, but like. Eventually, it happened, and a lot of it was a uh, a social anxiety, confidence issue at first. Um, but now, like I would say, in like the last like two years or so, I've definitely like broken out of that, and I'm way more sociable uh, around new people. But I'd still say, uh, becoming friends with someone is still a slow process for me. I don't, I don't really see that could really change uh, anytime soon. I'm just like, I'm just that type of person. I, I need to really know you to like be able to say you're my friend.
1: No, and I I completely understand that and I actually prefer when people are like that because when you just go around calling everybody your friend it feels disingenuous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, when everybody's going around, "Oh, that's my bestie, that's my twin, oh, that's this, that's that." And it's like if you call everybody that it loses value. Like it loses value.
0: If everybody's yeah. your family,
1: then your family means nothing. Like I feel like know? people that
0: have a lot of friends, like like, you know, these people that have like hundreds of friends or like, you know, 30, 40 friends um, and they're on their phone all the time and things of that nature. I'm like, I feel like these relationships can't have that much meaning or that much value. Um, having that many friends, I feel is not, it's just having a lot of attention. That's really what it is. Cause yeah. like, even me, I, I don't even feel like I'm in the market for getting more friends and I don't even have a lot. I, I feel like the the, the tight knit group of people that I rock with is all I, I need and probably will ever need. I, I I don't really feel the desire to have a lot of friends. I just, I just like that. I, the ones I do have are ride or dies. And that's, that's like all that really matters to me.
1: Yeah. Quality over quantity. It's, it's one thing that like, I don't uh, get for some people where they'll like, um, like, like for example, one of my buddies, right. Uh, he keeps having money trouble for like a while. It was like, um, they were struggling to like find a place to stay. And, you know, I helped him uh, when, when he bought a car, I drove it back for him because he didn't have his license at the time, you know, things like that. And I remember I get home one night from work and I get a text and I check it. And he sent me a paragraph, a uh, paragraph basically saying, like, oh, you know, you've always been there for me. And, you know, this like super heartfelt message. And like I kind of sat there for a minute. because I was like, I don't feel like I do anything above and beyond you know there's nothing here i would brag about like oh yeah i did this for him i did that even though i kind of just did that but <laughs> there's there's nothing i would go to anybody else but oh i'm a great friend because i did x y and z and so I, like i instinctively like joking was like man like what kind of friends do you have if, you know i'm like a standout like i didn't say it like that but you know I, I did bring up like yeah no no worries but like i i feel like what i'm doing is just what friends do you know you help each other out but then like i realized like yeah no actually there's a lot of people who just say they're your friend. And the second it's something that would inconvenience them, it's like,
0: yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's a really important lesson. I feel, uh, isn't taught it's learned. Right. And I, I think that is, uh, something that definitely is not, it shouldn't be the norm. I feel like you, as, as you grow up, I feel like, you know, the people that have experienced this should be the ones to to tell like, Hey, you know, you're going to encounter situations like this in your life. And uh, this person, you know, you may think of as a friend, but, you know, read the situation better. You know, there, this could be a ship. Like, I think that's a real thing uh, that, you know, people encounter and have on a day-to-day basis. Um, so, yeah, that was very, very interesting conversation. I, I enjoyed this. This is a... Definitely went to a lot of different places and whatnot. Uh, this is... Uh, running just a little bit over an hour. When I cut it down, it probably will be like just over an hour, like an hour and five minutes or something like that. So I think that's a good place to stop it for this week. Um, now, we're going to be coming back to you all next week. This is going to be a weekly thing. We're going to try and keep it and maintain it. Um, so for next week's episode, we're going to have a little bit more fun and you have a, a lighthearted, uh, goofy episode. So We're going to be talking about uh, an animated movie by uh, Blue Sky, I believe. It is called Robots. Um, This is one that we definitely had on loop back in our uh, younger years. So this will be a nice and fun movie to revisit. Uh, I think I want to do this fairly often, like from time to time, just revisit an old movie from our childhood. But instead of just watching it, you know, for the sake of watching it, we're going to actually dissect it and try to understand why we like it so much. And maybe there's some deeper thing, you know, because a lot of times you probably don't do this as much as I do, but I rewatch a lot of movies, um, especially ones from my childhood. And uh, when I did that video on Balto um, going over it, I had watched the movie again, but like with a really matured mindset. And there's a lot of deep themes in that movie that I was like, huh, maybe this is why I liked it so much. So I think uh, there's a lot that can be delved into in a lot of these older movies we haven't seen in forever. So I'm definitely gonna watch it with a more analytical, critical eye and jot some stuff down. And um, we're just gonna come together and just see you know, what each other saw in the movie uh, that we didn't see 20 however many years ago that thing came out. Um. So that'll be fun, and then the week after that, we're gonna be doing a uh, retrospective revisit of Spider-Man uh, remastered, and just Spider-Man in general. It'll be a Spider-Man dedicated episode. We'll talk about the movies, hey. the character, what it, what he means to us, and us growing up, and how we you know enjoyed all of the Spider Verse uh, media and whatnot. And that'll be uh, just in time for Spider Man Two because that comes out that Friday. And then um, later down the, load, uh, the road, uh, we'll do a review of Spider Man Two whenever we both finish that game. So I'm gonna finish day one, so <laughs> it'll be waiting on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, he'll, he'll definitely be waiting on me. Yeah, it's, no, I'm, uh, I'm gonna know like that. He's a grinder for sure. Um, so yeah, that's our roadmap for now. Those are the next two episodes. Um, as far as what comes after, well, you just gotta. Stay tuned and find out. Hopefully you all enjoyed. This is a pilot episode, so we're still getting the hang of things. The pacing and the flow of the conversations will definitely get better as time goes on. Uh, But hopefully this gave you a better impression of me, my brother, and the dynamic and the relationship as we head into this new venture. Are you excited?
1: I'm very excited.
0: Okay, sweet. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in, listening, and we will see you all later.